0: Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 96 of the Photography Side Hustle podcast. This week I've been asked by quite a few people about lenses, so this week's episode is How do you know which lens to buy? Now there are so many lenses available it can be really difficult to know which one to buy. So I'll go through a few questions that will help you narrow down your search. So the first thing to consider is, what are you shooting? If you're just starting out, the answer is probably everything. To move on, you need to think about what you want to shoot in the future. If you're shooting portraits and you buy a lens and it's working great and you decide to do weddings, it's still going to be great. It's going to be multi-use. It's not like you have to go out and buy a whole new lens. There will be lenses that you can add on at a later date to help you do some other little things, but generally you should be okay moving from portrait to weddings, even to commercial. There's just certain types of photography. Like real estate, you would need a very wide, you'd need a 16 millimeter lens. And if you're on a crop sensor, it would have to be down to 10. So I used to use a. I think it was a 10 to 18 at variable aperture, which was fine because I was using flash. But that is a specific lens for a specific job. So anyway, so you need to know what you're going to shoot before you can even consider lenses. Another thing to consider is, will the lens be used for another type of photography, another genre? The chances are that you're gonna have another type of photography you like to shoot. In fact, there's nothing wrong with shooting a couple of different genres for your business. It's, it's not a bad thing. You just really need to knuckle down, get specific on a certain type. If you're gonna do two types of photography, Yeah, you could do portraits and weddings, but like I've said in other podcasts, it it can clash a little bit. Anyway, I'm getting off off the subject here. Anyway, so let's say you shoot family portraits for your business and wildlife as a hobby. Now, your emphasis on getting a quality lens has to be for your business. The hobby lens can come at a later date because the business lens is going to make you money that you can buy that hobby lens. And now, if you're shooting wildlife, it could be a... Anything from a $2,000 lens to a $20,000 lens. So you've just got to be, you've just got to make sure you look after your business first. Next one. Do you have your focal range covered? So do you have the lenses that will allow you to shoot individuals, small groups, large groups, capture fast moving action? So the the chances are the answer is no, because you're listening to this. If you shoot family portraits, You need to take photos of groups, sometimes those groups are really big. If you only have a 50mm lens on a crop sensor, you might struggle to get everyone in the frame. So you need to make sure that you have the lenses to take all the photos the customer expects. So which lens do you need? Well, you need to know if your camera has a crop sensor or a full frame sensor. The reason being, on a full-frame camera, a 50mm lens acts like a 50mm lens. The photo that it takes covers the same area that an old film camera used to take. So a 50mm lens acts like a 50mm lens on a full-frame camera. But on, say, a Nikon DX, which is a crop sensor, it acts more like a 75mm lens. It's a narrower field of view. So a 50mm lens on a... Nikon or Canon or Sony or Fujifilm crop sensor isn't going to get people in in a large group. It's going to be too narrow, and, or you'd have to go back so far you probably there'd all be little dots on the on the uh, horizon. Now the reason for this is because the DX Nikon DX sensor or all of the crop sensors are smaller than a full frame sensor. The smaller crop sensors are given a multiplier so that when you compare them to a full-frame sensor, you get an equivalent focal length. So the Nikon, Sony, Fujifilm crop sensors have a multiplier of 1.5. The area of the sensor needs to be multiplied by 1.5 to get it to the same size as the sensor in a full-frame camera. Canon APS-C sensors have a multiplier of 1.6. My old Canon 1D Mark IV has an APS-H sensor, which is about halfway between a crop sensor and a full-frame sensor. It's still a crop sensor, but it has a smaller multiplier of 1.3. An Olympus Micro Four Thirds sensor has a multiplier of two. So a 50mm lens on on an Olympus Micro Four Thirds sensor, acts like a 100mm lens. So you've really got to understand this before you move on. So I'll, I'll go through what the 50mm lens acts like when it's on certain cameras. So With the Nikon, Fuji and Sony crop sensors, it acts like a 75mm lens. On a Canon crop sensor, it acts like it's an 80mm lens. And my old Canon 1D acts like it's 65mm. But the Olympus, like I just said, comes out like it's a 100mm lens. So you've really, like I said, you've got to consider this. A family portrait photographer with a full frame camera will be able to get large group shots in with a 35mm lens. 50mm would do it as well. It might get a little tight on large numbers if they're spread out. Now you can get around all this by posing in a different way, like back to front instead of left or right. Anyway. That's something else. So the family portrait photographer with a full frame will be able to get everybody in the shot with a 35mm lens. If they used a Fujifilm crop sensor body, they would need a 24mm lens to get everybody in because 24mm would act like a 36mm lens. A lot of numbers here because 24 times 1.5 equals 36. So a 36mm lens. So it's close to 35. So if you're on a crop sensor where someone on a full frame would use a 35 mm lens, with a crop sensor you would need to go to a 24. If they used an Olympus Micro Four Thirds body, they'd need to go down to a 16 or a 17 mm lens to get the same effect that you would with a full frame with a 35 mm So as you can see, the length of the lens that you use in millimeters is dependent on the sensor size in your camera body. So from now on, when I talk about focal length of a lens, I'm going to be talking about the full-frame cameras. If I say 35 and you've got a crop sensor, you need to look at a 24. So again, which lens do you need? Well, the lenses that you need to be looking at need to have a single maximum aperture, like the 50mm f1.8 or the 24 to 70 millimeter f2.8. Stay away from lenses that have an aperture range like the 18 to 55 millimeter f3.5 to f5.6. This means that the maximum aperture, it's widest opening at 18 millimeters is f3.5. And as you zoom in to 55 millimeters, the aperture closes down at 5.6. So you're gonna get a lot less lighting where the ones with the single maximum aperture like with the 24 to 70 zoom f2.8 when you zoom in you can set it at 2.8 you can zoom in and it doesn't change it does not change the only way the aperture doesn't change on a an 18 to 55 is if you set the aperture at its highest on on that range which is 5.6 so if you set it at 5.6 you could zoom in all day but 5.6 lets an awful lot less light in than 2.8 or even 1.8. Now there are plenty of good quality lenses that have an aperture range, like the 100 to 400, which is F4.5 to F5.6, and these you can buy from Nikon, Sony, Canon. Now the big indicator that these are excellent lenses is the price. They range from 2000 to $2,600. So don't kid yourself and think you can save lots of cash by buying a 75 to 300 millimeter lens that the aperture changes from 4.5 to 5.6 for $200. I think B&H have got them at $199. There's a really good reason it's one tenth of the price of a pro lens because you do not get tack sharp. You'll get some nice images but you can't blow your images up much. They're a hobbyist lens. Okay, so these are the range of focal lens I think you would need, but like I said, it is not critical. You can get away with a lot less. So family portraits, somewhere between 35 and 85mm. Weddings, now put down 16 to 200, or it could be 24 to 200, but you don't even need that 200 range for a wedding. You could comfortably do it with 24 to 70. So you can buy a 24 to 70 zoom, and you could do a wedding. No problem at all. It's just 16. You get some really nice effects with that, with some of the group shots on the bride and groom. And the 200 is great for when everyone's piling out of the church, and you pull 70 to 200 out, and you can be on the outside of the large group of people as they're all patting each other on the back and hugging, and get some really good portraits. But like I say, the 24 to 70 will do the job. Now when I shot weddings, I used to use a 24 to 70, my 70 to 200 zoom, and I also had a 50 1.4, because if you've heard me before, I bought that, so I didn't have to learn how to use a flash. It is a crazy good lens I love it it really is nice you can do a wedding at the reception with no lights it's just beautiful and you get some lovely pictures out of it but all the time I was shooting the weddings and other things I always wished I had a 16 to 35 zoom not so much now but back then I longed for one they are really nice and you can get them as an f4 lens as well which makes them a little bit cheaper now you might think the 70 to 200 will not get that much use. But, like I said, when you stand outside a church and everyone's milling around, it's a fantastic portrait lens. It really is. You get some, oh, it's just beautiful. So, don't rule one of those out. Even if you're doing family portraits, a 70 to 200 is a great tool to use. Uh, kids are running around the backyard. You can just crouch down in a corner and shoot away. Heck, you could even sit on one of the lawn chairs. They are a lovely lens. Anyway. The next big question is, do you want to use prime lenses or zoom lenses? When I was shooting, I covered the focal range I needed using zoom lenses. But there was a time when I really did consider changing over to prime lenses, just for the incredible quality of some of the 1.4 prime lenses. Now, at the time I was thinking, oh, I'll sell my zooms and I'll get the primes. But I also briefly thought about just adding the primes to my collection and using both zooms and primes, but I don't think that, I I remember thinking that these tools, I use them to make money, and leaving thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of lenses at home gathering dust wasn't really an option for me. It was a side hustle, and I am a big collector of electrical things and anything techie, but yeah, I just, I didn't have it in me to do it, so I just stuck with my zooms, and I still got the same zoom lenses now, and they are great. Now this is something you need to decide on when starting out. None of the professional quality lenses are cheap, but some third-party prime lenses are way cheaper than 2.8 zooms. Now, if you are going to shoot weddings and you decide that 16 to 200 mm is your focal range you want to cover, covers everything. You could buy some zoom lenses like the 16 to 35, the 24 to 70 and the 70 to 200. Or you could buy a 16 mm lens, a 24, a 35, a 50, an 85, and still have a 70 to 200 zoom. But that would it, <sighs> prime lenses, um, like the 85 millimeter 1.8 is a reasonably priced lens, and it is very good quality. But when you get to a 24, I'm not sure whether like someone like Canon or Nikon do a 1.8 anymore. You can get cheap pancake lenses that are 2.8 which is still a, my daughter used one and it was fine. But a 24 1.4 F 1.4 lens is going to cost you about $2,000. So when you look at the 35 1.4, you're looking at another $2,000. So it can get really expensive fast and you can end up spending more money on primes than you can on zooms. And the other thing is, With You have a 16, you have a 24, so to cover the gap between a 24 and a 16, you need to use your feet. Same with the 24 to 35, the 35 to 50, and so on. So you need to decide which you're going to go with. Now, one thing with prime lenses are they don't weigh quite as much as these, like the 70 to 200, and the 24 to 70 are quite heavy. So the primes might be for you if you just don't want to log one around. There were times when I did weddings that I really wish I'd gone with primes because my back used to ache like crazy. And my daughter did a great job just using a little 24 millimeter 2.8 prime and a 50 millimeter 1.8 prime. She did portraits, she made decent money, and it was all with the aim of saving up and getting into the movie industry, which she ended up doing. So as long as you can get the shots you need, you're good to go. You just need to cover every angle that you need to cover. Next is how much should you spend? Now, I check the prices on Canon lenses, and $2,000 will buy you a a 16 to 35 millimeter 2.8 lens or a 35 millimeter 1.4 lens. You just need to decide which is best for you walking back and forwards or staying still and zooming. Now, $2,000 for a lens is expensive. But like I say, I've had mine now since the, the... Got the first one in 2006, the next one, 2000. Yep, so 2006. So that's 14, 17 years. Still work great. They paid for themselves time and time and time again. So I don't have a problem with spending 2000 on a lens, knowing that you're going to get the money and enjoyment out of it as well. Now, if you bought a third-party lens and got the F4 version... Of a zoom instead of a 2.8 version, you can save thousands of dollars. And then, if you went a step further and got used equipment, you could save even more. I just checked out the prices on keh.com, keh.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. And the three Canon zoom lenses I mentioned: 16 to 35 2.8, 24 to 70 2.8, and the 70 to 200 2.8 can be had for a little over 2100 for all three. If you've got the F4 versions, if you find a used version of the F4, you could save even more, a heck of a lot more. Now, if you want to shoot family portraits and you don't have a big budget, you could get a used 24 to 70 2.8. And depending on the condition it is, when you buy it, you want to buy the best you possibly can. I'm thinking about eight $900 should do it. It would cover all your needs and it's going to pay for all your other lenses at a later date. 2470 is your mid range zoom and it is perfect for shooting portraits. Remember, there's no need to start a business buried under thousands of dollars worth of equipment debt. It's not going to make for a happy time. So try and keep your costs down if you can. All right, so will my photos improve by buying a better lens the one thing about pro level photo equipment is how fast it focuses it's going to blow you away the first time you use it there's no searching hardly it just locks on bang done not only do they focus fast but the photos are going to be tack sharp really sharp quality lenses let more light in just the size of them the new 24-70s i think are 82mm across the front lens I think ones that I have are 77. If you use a small hobbyist lens, you're looking at about 55 to 57, something like that. So you don't get as much lighting in the first place. And these quality lenses also give you this wider aperture, the wider maximum aperture, which is is crucial. So your images are going to be sharper. They're going to be clearer than anything you could capture with a cheaper hobbyist lens. So I'm going to say yes, without a doubt, your photos will improve because of the quality of the lenses you use. And they will definitely improve because you're trying to improve right now. Listen to to this daft old Englishman waffle on. So there isn't really a downside of buying good quality lenses. So let's do a quick recap. You need to find out what you want to shoot. What focal range do you need? Do you go with primes or zooms? And how much do you want to spend? So I'll just go back to the primes and zooms for a second. A long time ago, I used to read up on landscape photographers and most of them use prime lenses. But nowadays, when you see all these guys, they're using zooms because of the quality of the zooms has improved so much what it was 20 years ago. So just bear that in mind as well. There's not really a downside with the zooms anymore. Apart from the maximum aperture is going to be 2.8 and the primes can go down to 1.4, 1.2. So a good quality lens will change everything. Put a pro lens on an entry-level body and the results will be amazing. That won't happen if you put a cheap hobbyist lens on a pro body. Trust me, it does not work. Okay, I hope you found that helpful. If you need help with anything, you can ask me questions in the Facebook group or through Facebook Messenger. You can also record a question or message through SpeakPipe. There's going to be a link in the show notes for that as well. I did get one message from a guy called James, but I couldn't make out what he said. There was a lot of background noise. It sounded like he was stood on top of a skyscraper or something and all the traffic and noise and wind and... Anyway, something went wrong with the microphone there, I think. So give it another try, James, if you want to get through. Right, that's it for this episode. I'll be back next week. Bye.